Warning, warning. I am a mom and occasionally you will hear children in the background, sometimes crying, sometimes screaming. I apologize in advance and hope you still enjoy the podcast. Hi guys and welcome back to God's Ghost Podcast. I hope you all are well. We're back with another one, another, another, another podcast. I would like to discuss jealousy. And you know, it could be a funny thing, right? It, acts, it causes us to act in a certain way. And a lot of times it causes us to get out of our quote unquote character. And so I just kind of want to talk about jealousy and the negative effects of it. So stay tuned. God's goals. God's goals. Recentering our focus on Christ. So, uh, I don't even know where to begin. I believe that everyone every now and then, or at least once in their life, has uh, felt maybe envious a little bit or jealous, or we even say it in playing, right? Like we'll say, oh, I'm so jealous of you. You have this or that. And then sometimes there are some really, some um, some real feelings there um, when we see others doing something um, or have something that we may not have, doing something that we're not doing or we wanna do and can't do, or whatever the case is. And a lot of times it gets us to acting out of character, causes us to do ugly or evil things. And um, and in the end, a lot of times it still doesn't work out for us, right? So we can see that a lot in the Bible um, where people are either jealous or envious of someone and they try to stop or block um, what that person is doing. The thing about that though, is when somebody or when God has willed someone to do what they're doing, to have what, they're ha- to have what they have, um, there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. So it's best that we are content in what we have because being jealous and envious of someone else does us no good and they are still going to prosper they're still going to have those things or whatever because that is what god has willed them to have and god has willed us to have what we are supposed to have but it is a process and it takes time and it's just something sometimes that we have to accept sometimes we see people that have a job that we want or our our, um, amount of money or a home or a husband or children or a wife and we want those things and we're like, well, where's mine? Why haven't I, you know, um, gotten those things? And we have to trust the process that, process that God is bringing us to without trying to be envious, block, or hurt someone else. If someone is better in that position than you, you have to be accepting of that. If someone is ready for a family and you may not be there or maturely, spiritually, whatever, um, then we have to accept that and trust that God will give us what we need and even sometimes what we want in due time because fighting against who and what he's called is pointless. And that's kind of what I want to like look at today. Um, When we make the mistake of becoming jealous and then we end up fighting against 
God's purpose in a way, right? We end up fighting and, and trying to stop or block what God has for us. And sometimes I, I know that it's not always um, jealousy. Sometimes it's looking at someone and feeling like they don't deserve it or how do they get that and, and I don't and this is what I do and they don't do. But again, God is in that position of giving and taking away, right? So that is not for us to try to establish or to say what somebody deserves or doesn't deserve. That is for God to determine that. However, we can we can get control of our own actions, right? And make sure they align at least with what God is telling us to do and how God is telling us to live. So let's look at a few examples of people that kind of tried to come against people and it didn't work. First, we can go to uh, Ezra 5 and even 5 and 6, right? Because we see in both of those chapters, we have the exiles that have come back and they're trying to rebuild their temple. Um, prophets have um, spoken to them about rebuilding and you have Zerubbabel and Joshua um, that are spearheading this um, and encouraging the people and building and even the prophets are behind them rebuilding the temple. But then you have a group of people that have nothing to do with it. <laughs> that have nothing to do with it, right? They come and they come uh, to Jerusalem and they're looking like Oh, you know, like what they're doing over here? What are they, you know, what are they doing? And um, basically ask them, you know, who gave you permission to rebuild? This is not the first time they've come up against people that are trying to stop them uh, from building the temple. Um, however, these, this group of people decided that they were going to write the king about the matter. They wanted names of everybody that um, was building so they can give it to the king and they thought hey we're gonna stop this now I don't know if it was out of jealousy I don't know if it was out of fear of what these people were doing and the great the greatness they were building because I'm pretty uh, you can you can see in the letter when they're t telling the king you know oh, they're using um, they're using these types of stones and these great pillars and so I'm not sure if it's jealousy, I'm not sure if it's fear, whatever it is, it fueled them to write a letter to the king and let them know, look, these people down here doing this. Again, I'm paraphrasing. That's why I sent you to Ezra 5 and 6, where you can get the exact details of the story, the names and all that. Um, I'm not really good with all the names. I don't want to butcher the names, which is why I'm basically giving an overview of the story. But you can definitely read uh, Ezra 5 and 6 to kind of get um, just that section of what's happening when that group of people comes and tries to stop them from building uh, the temple. And here, spoiler alert, I'll tell you it does not work. So their jealousy, their, uh, their hate, whatever it was fueling them, um, to try to get the temple stopped did not work. A matter of fact, the king was like, I want you to help. <laughs> the king was like, I, I'm, I know what's going on with they. They do have permission to do that. And I want you to help them in the matter. So what they did backfire and we have to watch it because that will happen a lot of times when God says something will happen, it will be so. And it's nothing we can do about it. And it doesn't um, matter if we feel like it's unfair and they don't deserve it or why they're doing it. Or you just plain old jealous and you're hating and you're trying to stop someone from doing it. God's purpose will be done. It will be fulfilled. And that's that. 
And a lot of times you end up trying to hurt somebody and you're going to end up helping them, right? We, we try to hurt and try to do evil stuff and then boom, we end up helping them. What? Because what does it say about making our enemy the footstool? We have to be careful. We end up being footstools for people. And it's not that we hate the people or it's not that, but just simply being jealous that puts us in a footstool position. So we have to watch that. So we have that group of people and we have that situation and we know that the temple did go up and they did finish it. And guess what? Those people did listen to the king and help him because he, he said, uh, look, it's either that or being impaled. <laughs> and those people said, oh, we're going to take helping them for the temple. Uh, <laughs> we'll take helping them for the temple. Okay. You hear me? Because <laughs> we ain't impaling. Nah, we good. We good. <laughs> so that, um, that's one scenario. Let's look at a other scenarios where we have um, we have people trying to stop something that God has already blessed. Now, does that mean that everything that somebody has that you don't have is blessed by God? Huh? Who knows? I don't know. Probably not. Yes, probably so. And the thing about it is we don't know. So leave it alone. Mind your business. <laughs> Mind your business. Huh? Unless you're trying to bless or help someone, if you're counting somebody's coins, as people like to say, if you're counting and watching what somebody has or does, then that's not minding your business. And that's what I mean by minding your business. I'm not saying you can't help people. I'm not saying you can't get involved. But when your heart is in a jealous or envious place, then then it's time for you to back up a little bit and mind your business because you don't know. You don't know if God has blessed them with this and wants them to have it. And more than likely, he has. Right. It's, you know, especially, you know, gifts like that. We, we don't know. So we need um, to always do things in a loving manner and not in out of envy or hurt. OK, let's look at another group of people. Let's go back. Let's let's stick with the group for now. So and that's another thing. I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> I'm not going to touch on a group of people. You 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 govern yourself accordingly. OK, govern yourself accordingly. Okay, it is not always just one person that people are envious, jealous, or try to control or stop from doing. Sometimes it is a group of people, right, against another group of people. Be careful, guys. Be careful when we do things like that. So let's look when the Israelites were camped out by uh, Moab. Um, this was the time they had, around the time they had just left Egypt, and they were trying to get to the promised land and so they were the way they were traveling um they encountered different people different places um because they did not go straight to the promised land right god didn't bring them straight into there they kind of went around a little bit but anyway they were there they were camped there and uh the king did not like that he saw what they had did to um other groups of people and he saw how many they were and the people his people were concerned and he was concerned so um, he didn't want them there, right? Um, and I'm not, again, I'm not sure if it's necessarily jealous. It could have been fear. And I know this podcast is supposed to be about jealousy and us, our actions um, that come out of jealousy. But there are other actions that come out of, of other evil actions that come out of fear um, and jealousy and all those things. So... Um, in this instance, it, we can probably say it was a little bit of, of fear, jealousy, control. That's another emotion that gets the best of us. I'm not sure that may need to be a whole nother podcast, right? So, um, 
in this instance, he um, is unhappy and he wants them gone. So he calls for Balaam, right? Because he knows this man, uh, Balaam, who he blesses, is blessed and who he curses is usually cursed. And so at this point, he is wanting to curse the Israelites. So where are we at? We are in Numbers, um, starting with chapter 22, just for scripture references, if anyone wants to go in and read uh, the details of the story, right? So he is, at this point, he is not happy with the Israelites being um, near them and being camped near them. So he is calling someone to curse them. So let's see what happens when he calls uh, Balaam to curse the Israelites. Okay, so let's start with Numbers 22 and verse seven. Let's see what's happened when Balak sends for Balaam. So Balak's messengers who were elders of Moab and Midian set out with money to pay Balaam to place a curse upon Israel. They went to Balaam and delivered Balak's message to him. Stay here overnight, Balaam said. In the morning, I will tell you whatever the Lord directs me to say. So the officials from Moab stayed there with Balaam. That night, God came to Balaam and asked him, Who are these men visiting you? Balaam said to God, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent me this message. Look, a vast horde of people has arrived from Egypt and they cover the face of the earth. Come and curse these people for me. Then perhaps I will be able to stand up to them and drive them from the land. But God told Balaam, do not go with them. You are not to curse these people for they have been blessed. Okay, I'm about to get country. Can I get a little country? All right. I always get a little country anyway, but it allowed me to get the country for real, for real. How you gonna curse somebody? God bless. Where they do that at? You cannot curse someone that God blesses. And since you don't know, well, sometimes it is very evident when God is blessing someone or he has his hand on them, but since you don't know what's going on in someone's life, then leave it alone. Unless you have a blessing or something special to say to them, something loving to do for them, then leave it at leave it at that. Don't be jealous. Don't be envious. Don't be. Don't try to control or do anything like that. Leave it at that. Because we see here, God told him, "Look, don't even don't don't go with him. You can't curse no. I I blessed him. Okay. And we'll see um, as we read through Numbers twenty two that. Or if you if you go through it, you'll see that uh, Balaam does kind of have a battle within himself. Right. But he does let him know if God don't tell me what to say, if God doesn't say it, I'm not I can't say I can only say what God tells me to say. Right. He does upset God a little bit by still going with him because God's like, fine, go ahead. You know, so um, eventually, despite God telling him not to go, he does go because um, they keep pressuring him. They keep asking him. You know, come on, please go. We'll give you this money. And he, and he lets him know, look, I don't care what amount of money you give me. I can't say what God don't tell me to say. Um, but they asked him, well, fine, please just go. Just come see. And so he uh, he agrees to go. And I do believe he did consult God before going. But still, God was kind of not happy with him. This is also the story for people who references when uh, an animal actually speaks, which is his donkey that actually speaks um, when he beats him. 
for like pausing because there's an angel holding a sword in front of uh, Balaam and he doesn't even see it and doesn't even know it and so his animal his donkey will not move and so he's beating the donkey to get him to go and finally the donkey is God opens the donkey's mouth and allows him to speak and asks him you know why why have I ever done anything like this have I and he was like and you know Balaam tells him no but I don't I don't know what's what's gotten into you basically and so um finally Balaam actually sees the angel and sees the sword and he is you know that's that's it he realizes what's going on um but he does nevertheless he does go there and let's just kind of see what happens and remember guys i am paraphrasing please go and read numbers um 22 and i believe we're going to go into 23 as well to see what um actually happens when balaam arrives okay guys so we are at um we're in chapter 23 at this point balaam has arrived and um he tells them what to do you know build me these altars did it is he gives them the criteria they do what he tells them to do when i say they i'm talking about balak balak and all his officials um and so he goes to consult god comes back and um he basically blesses <laughs> blesses the israelites he blesses them and the king is furious he says you know i brought you here to curse my enemies you blessed them what have you done and he told him i told you i can only say what the lord puts in my mouth i can only do what the lord three times he does this right because because the king keeps trying to bring him to different places okay well just bless this little group this is just a little group keeps trying to rationalize with him he doesn't understand that god has blessed these people and it doesn't matter if it's a few of them the whole horde of people as he referred to them as god was they they weren't going to be cursed they weren't going to be cursed and it took balaam three times to do this to, for him to realize oh my goodness and i believe it ended in a curse for him so a lot of times we have to remember and be careful. We have to be careful what we do because it, it backfires on us. We have those two scenarios where those people um, were attacked or come against based on jealousy, fear, whatever it is, right? And it didn't work because God had already blessed and ordained those things to happen, right? So what if you are the person that is getting attacked by people? Right, we have a person in the Bible, and we have many people. Right, y'all, you know I cannot name each and every person that has come under attack from the enemy or someone, and God has and kept them. But maybe one of my um, favorite, of course, aside from Jesus, <laughs> one of my favorite um, has to be a uh, favorite examples um, would have to be um, Joseph. So let's look into um, Joseph's story. A little bit so I'll give you the scripture reference to kind of read uh, for Joseph and then we'll kind of talk about um, what happened and just kind of see what happens when you are the person right if it's no longer you're having a, a problem with jealousy or envy, or being envious but you are the person on the receiving end of this jealousy how do you handle it then you know what what happens so let's let's look so we are going to Genesis 37. Um, we'll start there. And that begins uh, with the story of Joseph. Um, he is uh, the 11th son out of the 12 sons of Jacob, which um, 
is where the 12 tribes of Israel uh, derive from. And so, um, <clears throat> so he is the 11th son and he is a dreamer. Um, he has these dreams and um, one of the dreams is that the, that eventually his brothers and his family will bow to him. I am paraphrasing. Remember that, guys. Um, but that is the basis of it. And even his dad asked, so you're trying to say, we're going to bow to you? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Um, but that is what he saw in his dreams. And it kind of made um, his brothers jealous on top of the fact that his daddy, you know, showed him, you know, a little bit of favor to them. And let's go directly to the scripture. It says um, in uh, Genesis 37 and 3, Jacob loved Joseph more than any of the other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. Okay, so so that's that, right? So let's let's paint the picture. That's what it was right there. Um, that um, dad was showing a little favoritism. So of course, it made their brothers feel a certain type of way, and that type of way was jealousy, <laughs> right? It was jealousy. Uh, they were jealous. I mean, the, the guy is having dreams that they'll bow to him, even though he's one of the younger, on the younger end of the brothers. Um, and if you have siblings, you know what that, you know what I'm saying? You're the older sibling, you're the baby. So you have to listen to me. Yeah. But I'm obviously one of the older siblings. I have siblings and I'm on the older end. So I get how they were feeling a little bit. Um, so Joseph not only was having dreams that they would bow to him, but dad was kind of showing him favoritism. So it really just did not make for a great relationship, a great bond. And so what did the brothers do? They acted out of jealousy. They decided to come up with a plan, devise a plan to uh, originally get kill Joseph, right? Reuben, the oldest brother, the very oldest, shout out to the oldest children, woo woo, leaders. No, just kidding. <laughs> so you know where I fall in the number, right? <laughs> um, but uh, Reuben uh, came up with a plan to save Joseph. Um, you know, he, he he reasoned with them and said, you know, look, this is our blood. This is our brother. We can't just kill him. Let's um, let's put him in a pit. And then, you know, whatever happens, then his blood won't be on our hands. And all the while, Reuben was going to come back and rescue Joseph. So they had come up with a plan to throw him in a cistern, which to my understanding is basically like an empty well, right? Something It's empty. And they figured, hey, the wild animals will get him and we'll leave him there. Uh, but then they saw a caravan of camels coming towards them and it was a group of Ishmaelites uh, traders uh, taking a load of gum balm and aromatic uh, resin from Gilead down to Egypt. We are in verse uh, 25 Genesis 37. So they saw a group of traders coming and they figured hey you know let's just sell them into slavery and uh, that's what they did. Reuben comes back sees that he's gone they devise his plan to tell their dad look he was killed by a wild animal let's take the the robe we ripped off of him and put it in animal's blood and tell dad he's dead and what they actually did was sold their brother into slavery so their jealousy prompted them to sell joseph into slavery so that plan did not work right so we're gonna push through the story right um jacob is hurt he's distraught about his son and um Joseph is in Egypt. He's working in Potiphar's house now, but then Potiphar's wife lies. In that situation, that wasn't necessarily someone that was jealous, but she kind of, if she wasn't jealous, she was definitely lustful. 
and she lied on Joseph and 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 got Joseph put in jail. Okay, and if you want to read about that story, um, jump from um, Genesis 37. If you go into Genesis 39, um, you'll see that. So now Joseph has officially gone to jail. He's in jail, and um, he's there, and he's still helping and blessing people. They have people to come to the jail to two guys that were put in jail that he ends up interpreting their dreams and things like that. He also tells them, look, don't forget me. Tell tell the king about me, you know, when you back in this good grace. Well, one of them, because the other one will end up being impaled. But you again, read it for yourself. Um, and we're still, now we're at 40 with the dream interpretation. Now we have Pharaoh who actually has a dream. And Joseph is the only one that is able to interpret the dream right and because of that he has been elevated to this position of uh power uh i believe almost next to the king right and so there he is elevated to this position of power where there's a famine in the land and um so his dad sends them to egypt to go and get some food and and things like that and lo and behold who is um, in high position and over that portion is their brother. Because Joseph, when he interpreted Pharaoh's dream, the dream revealed that there would be a famine in the land. There will be good, a good time in the land where everything will be, you know, fruitful and they would, you know, uh, pick and grow and store. And then there will be a time where it will be a famine and it'll be so bad. It was like they never had that good time. So, um, he appoints Joseph to kind of, you know, get it together, get it in order and prepare for this famine that they know will come. Um, and so anyway, so that's his new position. And now his brothers are coming because it's starting to get real heavy. You know, the famine is, um, here at this point is starting to come and they need food and they're coming to Joseph for that. And they don't realize that they're coming to Joseph for that. So again, long story short, cause it's already long. <laughs> Uh, they um, come to him. He recognizes them, of course, and has to deal with his emotions and feelings regarding that. Um, and he handles them because I know this is this story was supposed to be on. Um, how do you deal with when it's you being attacked, when it's when um, you're on the receiving end of a jealous person? So on the, in this case for Joseph, um, how he dealt with it was um he loved on them. He had a he had a little moment where he was a little, you know, testing them. I, I think it was not so much of getting back at them, but testing them to see if they were the same men that threw him in the cistern or if they had changed. I guess once he noticed that they had made a change, he was ready to really let his guard down, really just let it go at that point, right? And forgive them totally. And that's what he did. He forgave them. And it, and funny thing about it, they kind of had a hard time forgiving themselves. They were still very scared, right? Even up until the point where their father had died, they were scared. It was like, okay, well, he was he's being nice to us because daddy's alive. Okay, daddy's about to die now. What are we? He's you know, he's not. Uh, he's gonna. He's gonna now. He's gonna be mean to us. Now he's gonna take his revenge out on us. And um, so let's see what he tells them when when they when they, you know, start talking amongst themselves about being scared that now that his father has passed, they thought, mm, he's going to get his revenge now. Now he's going to show us. And so let's see what Joseph actually tells them. So we're in Genesis 50, verse 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for my good. 
He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. No, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. After all that, he reassured them by speaking kindly and letting them know, look, this was God's will. Everything you did, you meant it for my harm, but God meant it for my good. And so a lot of times when we try to harm somebody, God will turn it around and be a blessing, not only for them, but for other people. Be careful when you're trying to block somebody from doing something. You might just project them into their biggest blessing of their lives. And so you're trying to harm them, but God is still blessing them. And be careful trying to even mess with anybody that God has anointed or blessed. That's a dangerous situation to be in. Now, we can't even get into all those stories, but you go read it for yourself. It is a dangerous position to be in to try to mess with God's anointing. Okay. And that's what we're going to leave that at. <laughs> okay. So we talked about jealousy. We talked about our actions, pushing jealous actions, envious actions, um, hurtful and um, harmful actions. And we talked about what happens when um, that does not work. And we also talked about what happens when we're on the receiving end. We know that Joseph forgave his brothers he loved them he took care of them so joseph moved past the pain and he still moved in love and that's what jesus calls us to do right to love our enemies right and i know that their brothers are not necessarily enemies but they hurt joseph they hurt him and and for a lot of people to hurt it's hard to get over but in this case joseph did he got over it he forgave them and he still loved on them and took care of them and helped them out. So we're go I'm going to jump back onto the jealousy train, right? We have to be like David. David wanted to build God's temple, did he not? He wanted, he had the idea. He wanted to build a temple for God. Uh, but God told me it wasn't going to be him. Now that's a hard pill to swallow, right? You want to do something, God tells you it ain't going to be you, right? And he gave David the reason why. Because David, David was a, a fierce warrior, but he had a lot of blood on his hands for that reason. And that's why God didn't really want him to, to build a temple. But he did tell him, your son will, will build it. Now, some people couldn't handle that, right? Some people would be jealous. I want to do it. It was my idea. That wasn't how David reacted. He actually prepared his son to do the work that he knew God was going to give Solomon. So we're in 1 Chronicles chapter 29. Let's start at verse 1. The king David turned to the entire assembly and said, My son Solomon, whom God has clearly chosen as the next king of Israel, is still young and inexperienced. The work ahead of him is enormous, for the temple he will build is not for mere mortals. It is for the Lord God himself. Using every resource at my command, I have gathered as much as I could for building the temple of my God. Now there is enough gold, silver, bronze, iron, and wood, as well as great quantities of onyx, other precious stones, costly jewels, and all kinds of fine stone and marble. And now, because of my devotion to the temple of God, I am giving all of my own private treasures of gold and silver to help in the construction. This is in addition to the building materials I have already collected for his holy temple. David actually did still contribute to the temple from his own treasury, even though it was something that he would not be building, but it was that his son would be building. So there was no animosity there. Um, and like he said, if you notice what he said, he said, and now because of my devotion to the temple of God. So he was devoted to what God wanted, right? He was devoted to honoring God and doing what God wanted. And because of that, that 
probably suppressed any feelings of animosity or jealousy or anything like that. And if he did have those feelings, he focused more on what God wanted and what God um, had him to do. For that, the purpose was fulfilled as far as um, the temple being built. So guys, overall, we see that there are many different situations where people either have to endure jealousy or they are jealous or has to, to reevaluate some of the things that they feel they should be doing. Right. That was something David had to reevaluate. Oh, I, you know, he felt good and his heart was in the right place. But that's not what God um, had for him. And he had to know that his son was going to do uh, that. And so sometimes it just depends on where we are and what feelings that we have. But the main thing we need to remember is that we have to trust God's will. Remember to keep a loving and open heart and an understanding heart and know um, that every act we do again should be in love and not hate and not jealousy or anything like that. And we'll be okay because we know whatever God is blessed is blessed and there's no coming from that. And we should look towards the blessing, God, the blessings that God has for us instead of being envious or jealous about what others are receiving. Okay, guys, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to God's Goals Podcast. I don't want to end the podcast without offering Christ to any one of my listeners. Um, Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. There's more things to building up your spiritual walk and making that change. But the first step, confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Okay, so I have a podcast out called It's a Gift. Go to that podcast and it goes into more details about receiving that gift and and tools um, that you can use along the way as you strengthen your spiritual journey. I guarantee you accepting Christ will be the best thing you ever did. Go to that podcast and listen to it and get some information there. Okay. Thank you guys again for listening. See you next time. Bye. God's goals. Recentering our focus on Christ.